Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. It is Wednesday again. It is. It's Wednesday again, and I'm so excited because we have somebody who I'm really obsessed with. We have Emma J. Shipley. And Emma J. Shipley is an incredible designer. If you are listening, you're not going to see any of the fabrics I am holding up. But Emma J. Shipley is a maximalist. She's inspired by nature. She does the most incredible, ornate illustrations in beautiful, magnificent, rich colors. Yes. With animals, birds, trees. She's a textile oh. designer. She has a lifestyle brand. And uh, famously, she did the fabric on my sofa. It's magnificent. Her collection is magnificent. She is just coming out with a line of China. She's a lifestyle brand and she has created a business that has really blown up. And I'm excited to speak to her because she has a unique perspective. No one has done anything like her design. It's all, like you said, inspired by nature. Mm -hmm. She's still a young woman. She is, and that she has branched out into licensing already. Um, Beautiful fabrics, beautiful wallpapers, Um, and she's a maximalist. So we're going to talk about maximalism and we're going to talk about design and we're going to talk about business and she's inspirational and she's British. So you can just look here and her speak. So her voice is nothing like mine. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that she so has such a synergy with you also. Yes. You are very print driven. I grew up in a very print driven home. My one room was like William Morris curtains, cushions, sofa, um, window seat cushions, like the yes, entire room. I, the I love print. Wallpaper. Print just inspires me, makes me feel good. I don't, I, I'm just not a basic girl. I'm not a basic bitch. I'm sorry. You go into my house and you know, it's me. You might not love it. I happen to love it, but everybody's home should have a personality. And Emma J. Shipley, um, is me. I'm sorry. It's everything about her. I love and anything she does, I'm going to buy. So I'm so excited for her to come on. Hi, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi. We're so excited to have you on. Emma J. Shipless, because your design style is everything I am obsessed with. And I just found you because I saw your designs. I had to have it in my home, but you're so inspirational and everything you do is 
besides the fact that it's beautiful, incredible, unique, um, you, I think you changed the print game truthfully because no Absolutely. one is doing what you're doing, but you've just done something so incredibly unique. And so that's why I was like, oh my God, I have to have it in my home and I have to have you on the podcast. And it was the most fun designing with your fabrics. Yes. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Yes, I know. So that was just so important. So I just want to know, as a little girl, <laughs> were you like, I want to be a designer? Were you always creative? What, what was your driving force? Yeah, for sure. I always loved art. I loved drawing and painting. Um, I think I was also very much in my own world um, at a young age. So I was, um, you know, I loved reading as well. And I definitely had um, a strong imagination when I was young. I remember being asked what I wanted to be when I was about seven. And I said, an artist and a cat breeder. <laughs> so I sort of like, I haven't bred cats. I've got two cats now. Um, so yeah, I definitely knew that was something that I was passionate about. I just always loved it from a really young age. I, it's, I mean, it's just so impressive. So I know you went to an amazing school. Yeah, you went the, Royal to the Royal College of Art, which is beyond impressive. That must have been such an amazing experience. Did you study fine art or was it textile design? I did actually study textiles, um, but it's a postgraduate program at the Royal College of Art of two years. So it's when you've already done an undergraduate degree, which is three or four years in, in like usually an art or design study. And then it's another two years for you to really pursue your unique take on design and your unique viewpoint. Sorry if my cat starts. Yes, oh, I hear the cats. I mean, yeah, going yes. well, I don't know why. Um, so I really wanted to pursue more um, my illustration and creating these sort of otherworldly designs from my imagination that were really elaborate. And, and as I um, did the two-year course, they became more and more detailed, more elaborate and more you know, more unique. So that was sort of where I really defined this aesthetic that I've created of the hybrid animals, the otherworldly um, sort of nature, hyper nature kind of feeling and all the colors that I use as well. We actually have some of the fabrics here as well. So most people listen and we're gonna put a ton of photos up obviously and people know, especially my, Margaret's sofa. Yeah, my sofa because I've had a lot of comments on it and people love it and everybody's so, obsessed with it. And we paired it with a green velvet there. One thing that we were discussing is obviously, you know, you are a true maximalist as is Margaret. What is your advice when people are designing with like maximalist style to make everything balance out and make everything work together? Yeah, well, I love exactly what you've done there, which was you've, you have used a plane to balance things out. I'm sitting on like a plain pink sofa here. What works really well is when you pick out one of the colors in the print, um, especially if it is like mine, a very maximalist uh, multicolored print with lots of detail. If you pick out one of the colors in a plane, um, and then if you're using other prints, again, stick to maybe only two or three colors 
And that's when you can really work together with different prints and planes when you keep, you know, make sure you just work with a limited number of colors to draw out of the print. It actually works really well when you, when you do have a print that you fall in love with. Starting with that as a base for a scheme kind of makes things easier in a way than just starting with a plane or a paint color because you can look at the print and you can say, okay, let's take that lovely emerald green for a velvet. Let's take, you know, one of the maybe more neutral colors for a wall or a dark color for a paint color. So I think it's keeping the colors working together by, by really picking them out from the print. Even if it's a multicolored print, that's what works really well. Yes, I think people get afraid of print, and I am so print-driven, uh, obviously, like yourself. And I think that's really what brings a personality into a home. Don't I think that's what it is. And I think people who just, you know, there's a great thing about monochromatic, but I think that doesn't offer really a personality <laughs> into a space. It's true. And I think also yeah. we grew up very much with prints, especially growing up in England, like Liberty. My house was full of William Morris prints, which was a huge lifestyle brand at the time. Obviously, Laura Ashley was a staple. And you've been able to grow into a huge lifestyle brand now. Yeah, I mean, William Morris is definitely a big inspiration. Um, so he was one of the arts and crafts designers um, in England, but his designs have just really persevered and been so popular through the years and of course he was like me um, always inspired by nature and the natural world but he also created these really um, quite structured repeats which I think um, is definitely something I do as well and it's a nice um, counterpoint I think to all this natural imagery so you have the really um, fluid lines and shapes of let's say leaves and animals and these um, soft unstructured shapes but then if you structure them in quite a um, regular kind of pattern it, it just brings a beautiful kind of harmonious balance so it, the they don't feel I, I, I hope to think that they feel harmonious to live with so they do bring actually a sense of calm. They bring the magic of nature into your home. Um, and that's something William Morris did and I hope to do with my designs. Yeah, I think you to absolutely do that with your designs. So when you, after you graduated, um, did you work for anybody else? Like, was there a mentor? Was there someone who helped guide you? Yes, absolutely. I, I did work a few different design jobs, both when I was studying and afterwards. One of the key ones was with an incredible woman called Anne Tyrrell. Um, and she was really like a doyenne in the fashion industry in London. Um, and sadly, she's no longer with us, but she ran her own design studio. She was um, you know, an, an older woman at the time when I was working for her, but she was so driven and passionate about what she did. You could tell she would never stop and would never want to. Um, but she just was an incredible force of nature. She had an absolute love for design and for what that could bring to people and um, you know how it could transform people's lives. So, and just in terms of business as well, she was a very astute businesswoman. So she certainly um, really helped me. She gave me some introductions to 
people who would even become some of my first stockists of my collections in London. Um, and she also sometimes let me use her tickets to the um, fashion shows when I was studying. So one time I went to a show and I was seated behind Elton John. I was very excited. And then my picture was in the paper the next day. Well, my tiny head just behind Elton John. Um, so that was, yeah, but no, it was fantastic working for her. And she was definitely a big inspiration. Uh, did you originally print your own fabrics to, to sell them to stockists prior to partnering with bigger people like a Clark and Clark? Well, so I actually started out um, after I graduated from the Royal College of Art. I started completely on my own, just selling my scarf collection. So I'd actually created a line of silk and fine wool scarves, which were all made in England. And I was having printed with a local manufacturer. And some of them I was actually hand finishing myself. Um, and I just had a small collection. I showed it to Browns, which is a famous fashion boutique on South Moulton Street, who is, they have launched um, many famous designers' careers in the past, like Alexander McQueen. Um, and they took my graduate collection. And then after that, I started showing at London Fashion Week and at Paris Fashion Week in the accessories division um, and started selling to stockists internationally as well. But so it was very much actually a fashion, more fashion and accessories start. And it was only later that I've come back to interiors, which I did also create while I was at the Royal College of Art, but the business didn't um, go that way originally. So then you had, so how did you get into licensing? How, how did that start? Because I think people find that so interesting. They don't realize that that's part of the business. Yeah, sure. So I was already selling um, my own products under my own brand. And I had just started doing cushions, which was my first foray into the interior side. I got them into Liberty, which is um, a lovely store in London. And then I got a couple of months later, I got an email from the founder of Clark and Clark, um, which is a big fashion and wallpaper company in the UK and they sell worldwide and um, the founder Lee he said oh my wife has been down to London she bought one of your cushions from Liberty and we absolutely love it we're obsessed um, would you be up for meeting up for a coffee and just seeing if we could maybe work together or do something together because we absolutely love your designs so that is just how it started um, it wasn't from me going out looking for it, but often some of the most exciting things that do happen are just these um, kind of opportunities that just arise by chance. So that was one of those things. And of course, if I hadn't had the cushions in Liberty, they may never have seen them. But that led to a long-term collaboration on creating our whole line of fabrics and wallpapers with Clark and Clark. And they're really experts in that area. So it's been absolutely fantastic working with them. I know. Well, that's how I found you yes. truthfully is just because I was needing something interesting for my home. And when I saw your collection, I was completely obsessed, but that also has led to other products which has been a beautiful line of bedding. Is that also a license? Yes, that's with Clark and Clark as well. Again, they were 
they were producing beautiful bedding in Spain and they showed me and said, you know, would I like to create a collection with them on bed linen as well. So we've, we've done bed linen and um, fabric and wallpaper together, a small collection of furniture as well. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really, really good. And I know you now have a new tabletop collection now, a fine china. And Which that's I'm going to have just, to get. Yeah, oh, obsessed with that. It's, it's honestly even better in real life, I have to say. It's so I, good. I love seeing the tablescape that you created because you work with such vibrant colors and it's so unique and interesting. Now, who's is that with Clark and Clark as well or someone else is doing that? No, this is just me. So I am, I'll, I'm bringing out more lines which are just, yeah, solely under Emma J. Shipley. And this is currently exclusive to our website, emmajshipley.com. It's been made with an incredible... Um, family-run um, factory in Stoke-on-Trent, which is the historic home of Bone China. So it's actually where Bone China was invented. And in England, that is where that whole industry flourished. Um, and the, the factories are still there today, producing this exquisite quality, fine Bone China. So we're incredibly lucky to be working with them. And I went to visit a few weeks ago before the launch to see all the pieces being finished. And it's just incredible. You wouldn't believe the number of steps that are involved just to make one mug from start to finish. Um, you know, the raw material that comes into the factory is just clay, like it looks like the clay you used to play with when you're a child. Um, and then for them to create the, such a beautiful refined product at the end of it is just kind of like magic to be honest. Um, and all the steps involved, so much of it is still done by hand. So it's such a skilled process. Um, so that's been really inspiring in itself, just working with them. And yeah, I'm so pleased with the finished result. Oh, I love it. And the English tea, I mean, I will say a cup of tea from a bone china mug tastes totally different. It really does. Well, There's I, just something different. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to get it. You'll yes. have to make it for me. Well, that's I'm converted and now I can't go back because we just had um, sort of, you know, normal, normal basic mugs at the office. And then once we started getting these samples, we all started becoming obsessed and we were like, oh my God, I have to use that mug now. I can't use the normal office mug because it does. It's just such a like nice experience. And for something that we all do every day, eating and drinking, especially in England, we do drink a lot of tea, but I'm sure you guys drink a lot of coffee as well. Yes, uh, a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's just sparking joy with those little daily rituals that you have and sort of um, bringing the magic of nature again into those little daily moments. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. But we, we've also made them practical. Um, so they are, you know, you can put them in the dishwasher. Oh, you can that was my next oil. question because I hate to hand wash anything. <laughs> oh, life is too short for hand washing mugs. So no, no, you know, we, that was one of my key considerations. I did want to make them because I want people to be able to use them every day. I don't want it to be that thing that sits in a cupboard being saved for best. They should be enjoyed. Um, and that's actually what I love about interiors, working in interiors so much, is that often, you know, the pieces or the designs, they're on display all the time. And if people really fall in love with the designs, they can enjoy them day after day, year after year in their homes. Um, they're not shut away in a, in a wardrobe or something like you might be for, if it was a special dress or something for an occasion. When it's in your interior, you, you are really, enjoying it and making the most of it in your life every day yes I 
I just want how many collections um, do you design? Are you constantly designing? Are you? Um, yes. Well, do I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of running the business. Um, so I'm not constantly designing, but I do usually bring out about two new collections a year in terms of new designs. So I do have one coming out in the next couple of months. Oh, good. Was, yeah, um, that was, but you know, it will, I kind of, I tend to stagger the products that it comes out in. So initially it's going to be cushions um, and then, you know, depending on how, how well it goes and what, what's popular, then we'll roll it out into other collections. Um, but this one that's coming was inspired by a trip to Greece last summer. Um, and I visited lots of the ancient sites. And of course, they have this really rich mythology and it's just an incredibly beautiful country. So the colours and the imagery is all reminiscent of ancient Greece, but with my own EJS twist. Oh, I um, love that. And it was actually, um, that leads to a good question. We asked some of our listeners to send some questions through. So um, one of the questions was, what are some upcoming trends that you see? Um, do you do you like design into trends or do you tend to like go with what makes sense for your brand? To be honest, I don't really follow trends. Um, I think when you're a designer, it's, you know, I really want to have my own vision and not be swayed by what other people are doing. So for, for myself, my inspiration comes much more from other sources, for example, travel, um, also things like film, literature. So different things I'm interested in at that moment, which of course are wider trends in themselves. Um, because no one, you know, we're all, we're all so connected to the rest of the world and everything that's happening. So things that happen worldwide, no doubt have an impact on what I choose to design and what I create. Um, but in terms of interior trends themselves, I try to follow my own vision for what I think without being diverted too much by what other people are doing. Um, Having said that, of course, maximalism has been a growing trend, which yeah. mm -hmm. is brilliant. Um, and I love that people are being much braver with choices in their home. I think it's partly driven by social media because people can see, for example, Margaret's beautiful sofa and think, oh, it's actually, I can have color, I can have pattern. Um, it can still look really elegant and not be too scary. So I think people being able to share their homes on social media so much has definitely driven you know the trend for maximalism and more color in people's homes which is really exciting okay i love to go to the doctor uh you do i do because and i always am calling someone do you have a referral do you have a great neurologist do you have a great dermatologist do you have a great orthopedist and i never know who to believe so i found this great app called zocdoc Ooh, it's it's a free app and it's actually just like a doctor, almost like a doctor referral system. It's reviewed by actual patients. And all the doctors on there take insurance and it's patient reviewed and they're available when you need them. And it's it's actually amazing. I could not believe it because I just go on ZocDoc, I find the right doctor and I book a doctor who's right for me and it doesn't need to be a terrible experience because I'm always just trying to find a doctor in my area and you don't know 
what is right for you. And ZocDoc makes it so easy. That's so great. It makes it so simple because you could check who takes your insurance and you can make an appointment that works at a time that's convenient for you. I mean, I use ZocDoc and you, everyone should try it and you should too. It's amazing. You get quality doctors and I didn't know the right orthopedist to use. I had a bad shoulder and I found a great one on ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free literally free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com slash caviar, C-A-V-I-A-R and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash caviar. ZocDoc.com slash caviar. Do it. It's great and you will get a great doctor. Another question that came in, what inspires you when you're feeling uninspired? Yeah, I mean, I travel when I can. So I think always for me, taking myself out of my day-to-day surroundings and going somewhere completely different is always incredibly inspiring. Um, in January, I went to Costa Rica, which I'd, I'd never been there before, but it was absolutely beautiful and there's so much unspoiled nature. So that sort of thing of, is incredibly inspiring to me. Of course, it's not something I can do every week or on a day if I need to feel inspired, but I would do something like um, watch a David Attenborough documentary. Just something so you know, different to the daily work of running a business. It just completely takes you away into another world um, and you learn something as well. So I think kind of learning and curiosity will always keep me feeling inspired. Yes. Do you have a favorite collection? Do you have something that is just, oh my gosh, this is my favorite. There's something about it I just absolutely adore. So, so difficult because I... When you've created it yourself, it's hard to have favorites. Um, and I think it does sort of change. So sometimes it's, it's whatever's the newest. But having said that, um, I've got links on the wall behind me as yes. wallpaper. That would definitely be one of my favorites. And I think it's also because it was inspired by a trip um, I went on to South Africa and I stayed with an archeologist and I was lucky enough to go and visit all these ancient sites of rock paintings that were created up to like 10,000 years ago um, by the indigenous San people in South Africa. And they had an incredibly rich mythology, which he, um, the, the archeologist knew everything about and was able to go into real detail to explain to me. Um, and that sort of history coupled with the incredibly beautiful natural landscape and animals that are there were you know was just mind-blowing and so for me I tried to channel all of that into that design so hopefully it captures some of the magic that I felt when I was there and that is is abundant in places like South Africa and in their rich history. I, I mean, I love that. That's a, that is so inspirational. I love that collection, obviously. <laughs> I love it so much. I, want, I have another question because this is very personal to me. 
would you ever go back into fashion? Because I would love to be wearing your prints mm -hmm. as well. Is there, is there an option for that? It is something definitely people ask about. So I, I would absolutely not rule it out. Um, I think because things have taken off so much in the business on the interior side, there are still other things that I want to do um, within interiors. But I see in the future, I, I see the brand as a whole lifestyle brand. So that could definitely come into um, things, you know, for you to wear as well as having your homes for sure. Yes, because I just, I just see, I just see me wearing it. For I know, the prints, I just in silk caftans. And yes, I just see pants. it. It's so perfect. I'm yeah. traveling. I on the Riviera. I could just yes. see me wearing it, and you know, yeah. lounging. It's because the prints are just so beautiful, and they just translate. I think into every area of your home, into your, um, into your fashion, and all of that. The colors are so vibrant. I just, really I literally just die over. Well, I was just going to ask because I know um, this is one thing I think is so interesting. You are so creative, so incredibly creative. And obviously running a business is primary to drive in for your creativity. Do you find, how do you find the challenge between balancing being creative and running a business? Because I know that with our licensing business and designing collections, that's always been something that's been a challenge for us. Yes, we're more creative than um, businessy. We sometimes have a harder time on the yeah. back end. And it can take away from that creative spark. Yeah, I think um, I am someone who I've always loved the business side of it. So um, I may be a little unusual in that sense that I have both the creative and the business side. But having said that, it's not easy. And I definitely have to set aside specific time to work on designs, for example. So I can't, I can't have a day where, oh, I'm gonna spend a couple of hours working on a new design and then I'll have like a board meeting and then I'll have something else. Like I need to, I try and set aside blocks of time ideally like an entire week where I'm just out and I'm designing and I'm in my shut away in my little world where I can really um, get my imagination going and these things take time I can't you can't just switch it on and switch it off so I think for me that's where the challenge lies but in terms of running the business it is something I really enjoy and it's so exciting for me to see people enjoying things that I've created and things that have given me joy are then out in the world doing that for other people. So that's incredibly, um, you know, an incredible kind of drive for me in business as to why I want to keep going, why I want to expand and, um, you know, reach more people, go into new products. That's sort of the driving force behind it. So for me, there's a real purpose behind the business and that's what makes it exciting. I, how big how big is your team at this point there's about eight of us at wow. the moment. um so and we're growing so um it's an exciting time because i think a couple of years ago i only had three so we've grown really well in the last couple of years um and i've definitely got big ambitions to grow a lot more so yeah it's very exciting I love that, especially through like we've had insanely challenging times, which 
crazily boosted the home space because people were so much at home. So the challenges yes. of growing your team with all the you know restrictions and lockdowns and craziness while your business was booming was probably insane. It, well, it did get a bit crazy at times, I have to say. So I feel like it's only now I can sort of take a little breath um, and feel really lucky to have that team around me as a support. Whereas, yeah, two or three years ago, I was doing so much of it myself um, and with just a very, very small team. So this, yeah, I feel, feel very lucky to be in this position now. And um, there were certainly huge challenges during the last couple of years, we were hiring um, people completely remotely. So lots of the team who are here now started just working from home and had never even met me in person <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. So now we're all, we have an actual lovely office in Shoreditch in East London. Um, we do hybrid working, but we're all together at least a couple of days a week, which is lovely. And we have a really nice, um, bond as a team and you know it's just really good to be in a physical space together again and you can actually for some things you can get so much more done more quickly and also feel more together as a team just from being physically together so that's been great okay I have a question I mean you are still very young but what would Emma, Emma J Shipley tell her younger self what advice would you give your younger self oh I think um a few things. I think, you know, it's easy in hindsight to, to th see things you've done wrong or mistakes you've made, but then without sounding like a cliche, it is part of the journey. And I wouldn't have, you know, I have learned from things that I've done in the past in order to get where I am now. Having said that, I think something, because I never studied business or anything like that. I just studied design. And I feel like naively when I first started I thought if you have an incredible product and I could tell the people who I showed my designs to and my products to had this really emotional reaction to it and it's not for everyone but the people who liked it loved it and I thought that is enough to create a business you know if you've got the product the product will sell itself well it will not sell itself. <laughs> so that was a hard lesson to learn is that, you know, marketing is hugely important. And so I wasn't always super confident with selling myself. And of course, when you're starting out as a one person business, that is actually something that's very important. So I think I would have said to myself, just, you need to tell people and you need to, you know, get, get your products out there. They're not going to sell themselves it's gonna have to be you know you doing it and you've got to sell yourself at the same time um, but that isn't something that necessarily came naturally to me I don't think it comes naturally to a lot of English people I think when I moved yeah. here, I had a um, a rude awakening that you have to step up and really promote you know it's very much like you, you you brought up to be somewhat modest like it's okay you know don't push to the front of things you know like it's okay that it'll come it'll come so it is a hard lesson to learn between yeah. that and networking I think those are two undervalued skills that we don't necessarily teach in the UK the way they do here no not at all definitely not but they're but they're hugely important as you say in business they are they are hugely important networking and you know, and being a little self-promotion. 
And sometimes, you know, there's a fine line. Yeah. Right. There is a, there is a fine line. You don't want to be too overly pushy and, and you have to be able to read the room, which I always say, read, read the room that you're in. And yes, yes, I, I understand. No, that, that's absolutely great advice. And I, and I think that's important for people to hear because I think so many people do think their product is going mm -hmm. to sell themselves. And I have a lot of people that reach out to me that like, Margaret, I have this great idea and it's so great. Could you help me in business? I'm like, yeah, there's a, a million great ideas out there. I, I've seen a million great ideas. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not gonna, it's going to be successful. And I've seen um, horrible ideas be unbelievably successful, which is, yeah, you know, sure. because they've had money behind them and great marketing and, and, and a marketing yeah, plan yeah. And, and they've yeah. taken off. And, and I'm always like, how did that even happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, that's unbelievably frustrating to me, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but, but it does happen. I say we're very entrepreneur real, um, what's the most real advice you could give to someone starting their business, um, new designers coming on board? What's like real practical advice that you could give to somebody? Um, I think try and where you can get expertise in rather than trying to, trying to do everything yourself, which again is a lesson that I learned over time. Um, because it's, it's perhaps easier said than done because you may not have the means to get help initially, but even through people, you know, again, through networking, there will often be people who might be able to spare time to have a coffee with you to get some advice in different areas because in business, you know, you've got finance, sales, marketing, all these different areas that it's unlikely that when you're starting out, you're going to have expertise in all these areas so I would say where you can try and get people in to help you, whether that's paid or initially just through any free advice you can get, um, because trying to learn all of those things and do all of it at once yourself is going to be really, really difficult. I do think also, um, I know there's challenges that come with it, but I've often been quite jealous of people who have a co-founder because what you can do, you need to, of course, know someone and have someone who has the skills that you want, but you can, of course, find like a skills balance where you're bringing something and they're bringing something else really valuable to a business. Um, so that's something I've always thought, oh, I kind of wish I'd had. I, I, I am, I understand. I always say you need to have somebody with the opposite skill set that you have. Exactly. That's, that's so important. Yeah. Um, I always say it's good to have a co-founder, but not someone you're friends with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, cause it, might, it might not go well. You don't know until you do it, I reckon. It's, it's true. true. It's, it's true. true. Very difficult. Um, we always accredit Margaret's success to being 50% delusional to 50% determined. How do you feel your percentages stack up? Yeah, well, like I was, I mean, when I started out, I was for sure delusional. Like I probably thought I would get to the business to the stage I've got it to now. I probably thought I would get, be here in like two or three years. Um, and it's taken me like 10 years. So, but, but on the other hand, you do need that delusion. Otherwise you would never do it. And like Margaret says, there are lots of good ideas out there, but it does take take someone to just go for it and have a go, even though the odds are, or they often feel stacked against you. Um, and you will 
encounter so many challenges, so many hurdles. And there were certainly lots of moments within the first few years when I thought, you know, some kind of disaster would happen. And I would think, well, this is it. It's going to be, if this happens, it's all going to be over. That was, you know, that's it all gone, all done. And then you would find some way to overcome whatever had happened or whatever challenge. And that's what builds resilience. Um, and then over the years, I've definitely become more confident in kind of knowing I can weather any storm. And that if I just keep um, being consistent, um, but also pushing for doing the best that I can do, creating the best designs that I can create and all of those things, um, then it will, it will succeed in the long term. But there's definitely, I might be a similar split to Margaret. Yes. 50% delusional. I think that's, you know, a lot of founders I think would be the same because you have to be, you have to be, to, otherwise you would never do it because it doesn't really, it, the, the odds do not stack up in your favor when you're starting out. It's true. Did you ever have a backup plan? No, <laughs> but, I, but I mean, I was already, I was working as a designer for other companies, even when I was studying. So of course I knew I could go and work for another company. So that's another reason why I wanted to give it a whirl because I can always go back and get a job. I'll be able to get a job, you know, yeah. but this is what I'm really passionate about and what I feel like could be huge. So why not give it a try? Love that. I know. That's great. Tell, tell me also, we have one other question. What was your big girl panty moment? You were like, oh my God, this is my sink or swim. I have to pull up my big girl panties and, and I have to get this done at any moment um, in your career. Maybe a couple of years ago, I decided to look for investment in the business because things were growing really well. Um, but because I'd what bootstraps, what they call, you know, from scratch. So I just built up the business from nothing essentially over the years. I never had that sort of cash injection to really push things to the next level. And I felt, I think I started to get impatient and I felt like if I have the right partner on board, they may also bring some expertise, which would be really fantastic. But I've built it up to a point where I think I would I would be confident and I would know what to do with an investment if we got some money into the business. So that's obviously going for investment. I was doing pitching um, and really had to know all of my financials inside out. I had to forecast sort of five years ahead into the future and be really confident in my projections across all different areas of the business and how I could back them up. Um, and I got the investment that I was looking for and completed that in, at the beginning of 2020. So that was a big moment. And I think as someone who is not from a business background or business school or anything prior to that, I didn't know anything about the whole field of investors and VCs and all of this. So that was a big moment for me to kind of feel, feel proud and also it was just yeah, a completely new thing for me to learn and an area which is also quite heavily male dominated. I agree. Um, so, but luckily not with my investors because they you know, have like an even split of male and female founders, which is fantastic. 
but overall in that in, in the area of funding it's very very male dominated so that was something for me to um yeah put on my big girl pants and have some confidence to just go for it and believe that I could do it so that was really exciting that is, that is a big girl panty moment because I think it's very hard to ask for money get investors get them on board um, yeah. that's, that's not easy to do. I mean, no, we've I, had to do stuff like that and it's not it's easy. Hard, yeah. And only 3% of, um, VC companies, I read the statistic recently, only 3% are female, 3% of investors are female, which is insane. Wow. At this point. Isn't that crazy? It's absolutely crazy. But then you can see why, yeah. So men tend to invest in men. So that's where most of the money goes, unfortunately. I know, which yeah. is very, it's very It's safe. amazing that you're shaking up that statistic and, you know, changing up the game. And I'm so happy that you've got that investment to blow up the brand. What's next for you? Um, so, well, I've got the new collection coming out in the next couple of months, which will be Grecian inspired. And then it's also going to be our 10 year anniversary of the brand this year. Um, later this year so we'll be doing some exciting events and a new collection for our 10-year anniversary as well so that's really exciting um, and then business-wise I'll be continuing to grow the team um, this year and looking at new product categories as well so in this in the way that we've just launched the new fine china dining collection I'll be looking at new product areas that we want to move into um to you know create the whole ejs lifestyle for you and your home we are well, huge subscribers yes to EJS yes lifestyle. anything you do i am into the ejs lifestyle whatever <laughs> it is i love it well emma j shipley thank you so much for thank coming you. on you inspire so many people you just bring beauty to everybody's home and life and you're thank amazing. You just added so much to to my life so thank you but tell everybody where they can find you emmajshipley.com is where you can find everything um we ship worldwide we ship to the u.s really quickly and easily and yeah we've got a bit of a growing fan base in the u.s i'm sure partly thanks to you margaret so yeah oh, oh thank you wait is there any dream client that's what i want to oh, ask yes. is there any dream client i forgot to ask you that that was important i wanted to know um oh i mean there's probably lots but someone like Madonna, if Madonna, yeah. <laughs> if I caught a glimpse of it on um, in Madonna's home, I would be overjoyed. Okay, we got. Okay, good. We got to manifest it, Madonna. Madonna, yes. Yeah, it should be in her home. I it can't should. imagine it not. Shouldn't it? I feel like it should. In her home, for sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much thank for coming so much. on. It was it was beyond a pleasure meeting you. And uh, thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Lexi. It's so I'm excited to, to see everything else coming. Literally, we're obsessed. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm so honored. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope everybody's very inspired by Emma J. Shipley because I feel more inspired to be creative, to have color in your home, to start your own business. It, it, she was just. I'm so also good. so inspired at her business acumen when she's such a creative force because yes. I do think when you go to art school and you go to um you know to do your your um, masters also in design you know design and business are two very different fields oh it's also very different side of your brain and that yeah. she was capable to do that but she even said she learned on the way she mm -hmm. learned about her business 
Um, and also that you have to be a self-promoter in your own business. Yeah. Uh, she knew that. She thought if you have a great product, it's just going to sell. That's not the way it is. There's a million great things out there. They don't all sell. And there's a million sh shitty things out there that do sell. Yeah. So it is about marketing, self-promotion, um, the hustle. Yeah, being in the right place at the right time, which means you have to be in a lot of places a lot of the time. Yes, I, I absolutely know? agree with that. You if, make your own luck. Yes, but I love Emma J. Shipley. So many people have asked me about the fabric on my sofa that I reupholstered, the orange sofa, which was... Um, which I reupholstered, which people, you know, would say they didn't love that sofa, which was magnificent. But now it's even more magnificent because I have the Emma J. Shipley fabric. And everything she does is beautiful. I want you guys to check out her, yes. her new bone china, which tea tastes much better in. It does. I have On to her say website, emmajshipley.com. An official English person, I can tell you, tea tastes much different. So if you've never tried it, please go out and try it. And we're going to be doing some more Emma J. Shipley that. in my home. If you're listening, you can't see what we're holding up, but it's beautiful. And mm. uh, she's inspired by nature. And I have a lot of things that are inspired by nature in my home because I love the indoor-outdoor feel. And it just... I just love color and it is, I think people are afraid to do color in their home, but it's just, there's just something about it and it makes you feel good when you look at it. And it's really a statement piece. And I am a maximalist, uh, in my home, in my dress style and I in my opinion, in my <laughs> opinions. So bring maximalist into your life and you just mix it with some other things uh, that aren't textures that aren't as crazy, but believe me, it'll make you feel a lot better because no one wants to be a basic bitch. No. Uh -uh. And thank you everyone for joining us for another episode. We have amazing guests coming up. Stay tuned to our Instagram. You could send in your questions for upcoming guests and you can find us at caviar dreams, tuna fish budget everywhere. You find podcasts, same place on Instagram, same place on YouTube. We keep it really easy. Yes, we do. And you can follow me at the real Margaret Joseph's as to the pose to the fake one on <laughs> Instagram and my website, margaretjosephs.com. And you could buy the book also caviar dreams to a fish budget. The paperback is just, yes, out, which is the bonus recently. chapter. And you could get all signed copies on my website, personalized for you and your loved ones. That's right. And you can follow me at the life of Mrs. B. Keep dreaming guys. Oh.